everybody, welcome into Domesticated Gamblers. It is St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2023. Neither of us were green today, Tito. Uh, it's all about the tournament today, baby. Uh, I am Eric, and there you have Tito. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get our videos as soon as we drop them. I'm uh, putting out picks on a daily basis, either here on YouTube at youtube.com slash at domesticated gamblers or on Twitter at gambling dads. So make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. That's where I keep track of our records. Uh, Tito, you've been putting out some uh, hot toilet takes here on YouTube. Also your 2023 NCAA tournament bracket breakdown. Uh, so plenty of content here on domesticated gamblers. Uh, Tito, what's happening, brother? How's your Friday going? Friday's going pretty good. Doing some cleaning around the house, watching some tournament action. So absolutely had a great time yesterday with you watching some college basketball, watching some upsets and watching Tito's toilet uh, ch tournament challenge bracket be absolutely on top of the, on top of the world. It was awesome to see my name at the top of the list of the tournament challenge group I'm a part of. And then here comes today. And now I'm in the middle of the list. I'm down, I'm down in the dumps. I had some, I had some plays that didn't really hit for me this, this morning. And so I'm kind of blah right now. So hopefully tonight I got Montana State, my pick to click, the Cinderella story I'm thinking for the tournament, the 14 seed on one when they pull it off later on tonight. I think they got the early game a little bit later on. But other than that, man, things have been going pretty well. And again, watch Tito's, Tito's toilet tournament challenge bracket breakdown. I go line by line. I must have done this three or four times because I didn't hit record once. Another time, you could, I was on mute. Another time, it was just complete complete buffoonery. And so I went line by line about three or four different times on my tournament challenge bracket. And, uh, man, my, the, the voice was sore, even though Tito likes the – Tito does like the, the, the screen time. But, man, it was rough. I don't know how, like, the, the Skip Baylesses of the world, the Stephen A. Smiths that scream about sports uh, – or Mad, Mad Dog Russo might be, the like, the most egregious – offender of this which is they just scream non-stop for several hours on end I, I guess the money is worth it for them where they can keep it up but I, I just got to be exhausting I would imagine I mean the vocal cords have, have got to be tendered I mean they, they've got to be drinking some sort of tea some herbals I'm not sure what they're doing but man the voice was sore I'm still trying to recover from a couple of days ago and so I'm not going to have my Dickie B but my Dickie V impersonation all the way through the show like I usually do but this time, it's it's kind of serious talk. We're talking about the tournament. We're talking about free throws. So you'll hear me hear, hear a little bit of that. But I'm not going to be screaming, you know, I'm not going to be screaming to the rooftops today, Daddy. Well, I got a little bit of cold now, too. And my voice is a little bit sore after screaming for those Missouri Tigers yesterday. They are on to the round of 32 after knocking off Utah State 76-65 yesterday for their first NCAA tournament win since 2010. It, that was so long ago I was married to my first wife at that time. <laughs> That's yeah, how I, long it's been. I mean, I had, I only had one kid at the time when the last time they won a tournament. Now I got five Rugrats. I mean, it's been, it's been a long time, and uh, what a great moment it was for the program, and what a great moment for Dennis Gage, baby. Yeah, it has been a long time, but Kobe Brown and Des Moines Hodge and company made sure uh, it's been only one day now since Missouri's last NCAA tournament win. Uh, Kobe and Hodge just dominate with eight three-pointers 
42 combined points. Uh, Tito, just your reaction. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about what's to come here uh, shortly, but just for the game yesterday, uh, what was your reaction to the Tigers win yesterday? I mean, complete 180 for Dennis Gates. I mean, this guy flat out knows how to coach, not too high, not too low. He's got the voice of the room. What he's done for Kobe Brown, this guy is an absolute stud. He's playing himself into an NBA contract next year. No doubt about it. Uh, Des Moy Hodge, Hodge is what I call him. This guy reminds me of Clarence Gilbert from the early 2000s with Quinn Snyder and Mizzou. I mean, that guy can light it up from anywhere. And they got some really, really steady guard play with, uh, with Honor and East. I know East was kind of giving us a little bit of nerves, but they got really, really solid guard play. And I think this team is poised to make a deep run, especially after what we witnessed yesterday afternoon. I mean, but I'm, I am super impressed with what Dennis Gates has done. Even making the tournament is a huge successful, is a huge coup for, for Mizzou and for Dennis Gates. Kudos for Mizzou for locking them up with a contract extension. But let, yesterday, man, Kobe Brown, I can't say enough great things about Kobe Brown, Des Moines Hodge. I mean, and a great overall performance by the team. Absolutely great. And they're just so deep. And that's what it like. Kobe and Hodge don't have to be on. It certainly helps when they are, but they don't have to be on in order for this team to win because they got other guys that can step up, like a Golston or Nick Honor who can hit some huge shots. It's like, it's almost like uh, Gates can feel out the game. Okay. Because I noticed he played Diara early on yesterday for a few minutes. And then I think he realized this is not the right game for this guy. And I don't think we saw him after that like first shift that he was on his, you know, his first few minutes that he played, I just think his composure level and just the way that he just, this team just totally trusts him. You can tell. And just like, and I do too, because like, and, and you know me, Tito, a game like yesterday, I am usually placing my emotional risk management uh, bet because I don't want, if my team's going to lose, I want to win some money on it. But I did not place an emotional risk management bet yesterday because I trust Dennis Gates and I trust this team. I just really had this very confident feeling that they were going to win this game basically ever since the draw came out because the Mountain West is an absolute train wreck in the, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I believe they're now 1-12 uh, uh, straight up and against the spread in their last 13 games as a conference uh, San Diego State finally got the Mountain West off the schneid yesterday with a half-point cover uh, against uh, whoever the hell they were playing. Uh, Charleston, the college, as their as their said. But this is what I was thinking about this morning, Tito, about this Missouri team. This team is different to me in terms of the feeling that they give off. Because I know a lot of people say, oh, they're going to Mizzou it up, or they're waiting for the other shoe to fall. And I just don't have that feeling this year. And the, and the, the comparison that I thought of this morning – it's starting to remind me of the 2019 Blues. And, and I'm not saying this team is going to go all the way and cut down the nets on, you know, in the national championship game in Houston. But if you remember that Blues run in 2019, when Patty Maroon scored that goal against Dallas, and just like the weight that lifted off the shoulders of the team and the city and, and you know, Blues fans across the, the country and the world, it, it felt like, okay, like we're over this like mental hump. And, right. and we're going to, we're going to take this. And if we get beat, we get beat. It's because we're, you know, we got beat by a better team and Missouri, like, yes, they're probably not going to win the national championship, but I just have this. I'm over this feeling of like, Oh, it's Mizzou. And they're just going to lose because it's Mizzou. 
yeah. I trust this team and I trust Gates. That's just where I'm at. I mean, yeah, no question about it. I mean, you 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 reference how he manages the 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 players itself, and like you said, I mean, there's there's numerous players where he puts them in places to be successful. There's no question about it. I mean, Golston barely even played the second half. There's a guy that can hit knock, he can hit big shots in crucial moments of the game, and there wasn't a need for Golston to come out and drain a big deep shot, drain a, a crucial shot for them. But again, later in the tournament, if they somehow make it to the Sweet 16, and if, if there's a an opportunity for Golston to make a play, he'll put him in, and Golston will knock it down. I mean, this guy has got this team believing all in the right places, all in what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. The fact that after the win, they go over, they want to interview Gates, he brings the entire team over and is really, you know, rah rah on the entire team, making kudos for the entire team. This guy knows exactly how to structure a team. He's got these guys believing. I mean, they do have legit players that can hit knockdown shots. And what do we always talk about in the in the, in the tournament? We talk about free throws and we talk about good guard play and we talk about hitting three point shots. This team has all that and even more so. And so I'm really looking forward to watching tomorrow night, seeing them go up against Princeton and seeing what they can do against a 15 seed. I mean, how many times have we seen it to where Mizzou's the two seed that gets knocked off? There's never the opportunity for Mizzou to take advantage of this type of situation. And tomorrow with Dennis Gates, as cool, calm, and collected as he is, there the 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 room is there. This bracket is opening wide up for them to make a deep run. When we saw Bewa, we saw how they how close they were to to being upset earlier today. And so I'm I'm really really bullish on the Mizzou Tigers, especially with how his how Dennis Gates is just overall aura about him and how he's got this team playing. So kudos to Mizzou and kudos to Dennis Gates. It's amazing how five months ago, I couldn't have named more than one player on this team other than Kobe Brown because it's a brand new cast, right? Yeah. And yeah. now just like I've bought into all these guys and been watching them all year. And just like this is the team that like we're going to remember. Remember Demoy Hodge? I just like that guy would just get on fire from three. And Noah Carter with that fun hair, you know, right. and East, how crazy he would make us feel. But, man, he would make some plays. And this is really the team, like, if Dennis Gates is the real deal. And, like, we've been fooled before, right? Like, Frank Haith had that first season where they won 30 games and then the Norfolk State thing happened. But but you thought, like, oh, Frank Haith, like, look at this guy. So maybe Dennis Gates is – it's maybe it's fool's gold. I don't think so. I think this guy has the it factor. I think he has that, that Gary Pinkle-type vibe about him that right. I don't think – and I know Mizzou just locked him up where, it, you know, it make, made it basically impossible for him to go somewhere else with the buyout clause. Um, but I think he's going to be here a long time and he just seems different to me. He's he, you know, Eli Drinkwitz, you get the feeling the first time as gets a nine win season, he's going to be out the door and right. go somewhere else. And I think Gates is just not wired that way. He says like, Oh, I want to be a hall of fame coach. And the way you do that is making runs like this. I, I really think this team is set up. I mean, obviously, they're they're a favorite tomorrow to make the Sweet 16. I mean, let's talk about this game tomorrow a little bit, Tito, um, as they take on Princeton tomorrow. Inst instead of facing, you know, rough and tough, that huge, powerful Arizona team, Mizzou now a six-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow, just 40 minutes away from going to the Sweet 16. 
for the first time since 2009. So, so Tito, how are you feeling about tomorrow as we as we head into the game? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling really good. Like I said, th- there's never been a time where Mizzou goes in and is the has the luxury of playing like a 15 seed. You know, usually a higher seed, or they get knocked off in the first round, and then they have to play a really, you know, really really good team in in round in round two, um, or whatever you want to call it, the round of 32 that level. But I'm have I'm feeling really really confident. Um, we talked about it a little bit yesterday at your place. You know, having Arizona lose that game. If Arizona would have somehow pulled it off, I would be really, really petrified going into tomorrow because of the fact of how Arizona is not going to play two bad matchups in the tournament and the fact that they're just going to come in and really try to put it on, try to rectify you know, the, the committee giving them the two seed. So the fact that Princeton is on this high, they knocked off the two seed, look for a little bit of a letdown, look for Demoy Hodge, Kobe Brown, this guy – I was ready to write him off at the beginning of the year. Like, oh, this guy's a fraud. He can't do anything right. But Dennis Gates has gotten his ear. This Kobe Brown is an all-timer for Mizzou now. I mean, this is a guy that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. This guy can take over a game. And I don't see anyone on Princeton that can guard him. He can go down low. He can shoot the rock from outside. I'm feeling really, really positive about tomorrow night and seeing them play a 15 seed and take advantage of – you know, taking advantage of that opportunity where they don't have to play a two seed next uh, this upcoming game. Yeah, that's a great point about Kobe in particular, uh, or Kobe in general, and the team in particular. Uh, I messed that way up to say that, but whatever. But you know what I mean. But like the, Missouri has so many different ways that they can beat you. You know what? No matter yeah. whether they want to go down low to Kobe, or if they need to pop threes. Or it, it just this team can just basically adapt. They're a chameleon, I feel like, to whatever situation they're faced with. And I was thinking about this tomorrow in terms of like the, the game against Princeton itself. Like, if these teams played like a best of seven series, Tito, at a neutral site, who do you think would win, and how many games would it take for a best of seven series between Mizzou and Princeton? I think it would take five games, but Mizzou would win four. You know, four games to one. I think. I think Princeton would probably pull off. Um, win one of the win, win a game, um, maybe on a late, late last minute shot, but um, I don't. I'm not really thinking that they are are this monster that um, has it all figured out. I mean, they do play in the Ivy League, so. right? And I had the ex- exact same thought. I I thought Mizzou in five. I think they would yeah. win like a four games to one. So win four out of five. That's Mizzou winning eighty percent of the time. That sounds about right to me. Mizzou's right. minus two seventy on the money line. That's an implied odds of 73% for Missouri to win the game tomorrow. The feeling I have is almost like playing Texas Hold'em and we're all in and the cards are up and we have the better hand and our opponent's right. like on a, on a flush draw. So right. like it, it's uncomfortable because you can lose, but if you're just being objective and thinking about the math of it, you feel really good and you're probably going to win. So uh, one thing that does have me nervous about this game Mizzou has struggled this year against teams that play slow and muck it up. Like I think about teams like Texas A&M and Mississippi state. That's what Princeton's going to try to do tomorrow, but I still feel really good about Mizzou because I don't think Princeton has like the sec type athletes that can withstand this pressure that Missouri's going to bring. Princeton's going to want to dictate pace, slow it down. They're going to be able to do that for some stretches, but I just think over the course of the game, Mizzou is just going to turn them over a lot. They're going to get some easy buckets. They're going to wear them down with the depth that Mizzou has with all these different players we can throw at them. 
So I, I don't think Mizzou's going to like blow these guys out from the opening tip. But I think at halftime, it's it's still going to be sweaty. We're still going to be nervous. But I think Mizzou pulls away in the second half. They win by about 10. And then we're making our plans for Friday night, Tito, for the Sweet 16 at the Yum Center in Louisville. As we'll be taking on Baylor or Creighton or NC State for a spot in the Sweet 16. I mean, I, in the Elite Eight, baby, in the re- part you go to the regional final. But the yeah. thing is, the other thing that you bring up is Princeton. I mean, if Princeton wins, are they going to win by, you know, 10, 15 points? I don't see that happening against this Mizzou team. I mean, they may pull off a – they may try to win with a last-second shot. But what's the stat you told me? Uh, Mizzou, what what are they in, in like, less than five-point games? Um, it's yeah, in close games. They're undefeated in, in close games. Um, and so they have the wherewithal, they have the, they have the moxie, they have the mindset that they can, they can pull off a, a last minute shot. They have that kind of that, that repertoire where they can really believe. And then on top of that, I think you told me a stat about that double digit seeds, you know, beating, um, like two or three seeds and what they end up doing in the the following game. I don't think it's very, very, um, the stat is not very friendly for that 15 seed. I mean, I take out the. Yeah, take out the um, who was it last year that um, it was um, well St. Peter's last year and, and Oral Bob the year before, right? Uh, 15 seeds that did advance to the Sweet 16. So this could be the third straight year that 15 seed gets to the Sweet 16. But the stat you're referring to, Tito, and this is the one I keep going back to. It's giving me good mojo for tomorrow. So I got this from the Action Network. Since 2005, there have been 20 times in the NCAA tournament a team has won a game as a double-digit underdog like Princeton did yesterday. So typically, you know, probably a, a 13 or 14, 15 seed or UMBC, a 16 seed. Right. So 20 times that's happened. In their next game, the team that pulled the upset as a double-digit underdog, in their next game, they're 3-17 and 17 straight up and 5-15 and 15 against the spread. So it was, you know, Oral Bob and St. Peter's both got to the Sweet 16 the last two years. So maybe I'm not giving the Ivy League enough credit here, but this just smells... Like this Princeton team, it smells like they got a miracle win and they're going to fade right. away tomorrow. And, and I do think it's karma evening itself out. Uh, like we had, you know, Mizzou get beat by the 15th seed, Norfolk State, back in right. 2012. And I remember this. I remember being at my parents' house, watching their next game. It was Norfolk State against the seven seed, Florida. And Florida just massacred them. And I, I looked right. it up. It was 84 to 50. And I just remember being so pissed that like Norfolk State – played the game of their lives, and then they got rolled by 34 against the seventh seed. I don't think Mizzou's going to win by 34 tomorrow, but I think they get it done, baby, and I think they're going to the Sweet 16, and I think Princeton is just – even their coach yesterday, I, I just – his players, like, had to remind him, we're not done, coach, like, because <laughs> we saw the, the post-game press count – or right. the post-game celebration. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just think this Princeton team – doesn't have the same type of want to that, and not to say they don't have the same type of talent as an Oral Bob did with the you know Max right. Avis, St. Peter's. Like I don't know what the hell that was last year, but but it happened. But I just all I have all good vibes heading in tomorrow. I don't even think I'm going to do another emotional hedge bet tomorrow. I'm just going to ride it out. I think Mizzou's going to win. I think that's the right play. Absolutely. I mean, I yeah. Again, I mean, seeing seeing what they've done, seeing how Mizzou plays this year. My my one concern about Princeton and being the 15th seed. I mean, we can get into it now. We can talk about it a little bit later. But the seeding that the 
the tournament committee has put in place. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we just saw Kennesaw State almost upset Xavier. That would have been, what, the second the second 14 seed to to make it to the round of 32. I mean, there's something, something's got to give with a lot of these um, these seedings because eight, nine matchups always tend to be, you know, power five schools that have underachieved that are the automatic qualifiers um, or not the automatic, the, they, they get the, um, the, that they get selected to, right. to be in the tournament. Um, so something's got to give with this seeding. Um, they obviously have a problem somewhere with how they're lining this up, but that's the one thing that has got me a little bit worried about. Is Princeton really a 15, um, or should they be a little bit higher up as maybe a 13 or a 12 seed? So um, you know, I'm hoping that Mizzou just totally controls the tempo, is able to knock down their three-point shots, and we can see Hodge and, and Brown really take care of business. And I'm looking for a double-digit victory. And I don't think it's ever going to be that close. Um, and so, you know, my, my mindset is, is positive. But, again, we went through the, um, the eight stages of, of season-ending losses a couple weeks ago. And so be buyer, buyer beware with anyone that's rooting on MAZ tomorrow because I'm, I'm all in on this team. And I'm really thinking they're, they're going to make a deep run in this tournament. Well, yeah, Tito, let's talk now about just kind of impressions about the tournament, you know, overall. And uh, in your point about that, I, I don't know what they do about the seed. I think it's just the way college basketball is nowadays, especially in the transfer portal era where you're not going to have these teams that have a lot of continuity. It is kind of, you know, I'm, next year, at, you know, this time, we're going to have probably a whole bunch of new batch of Missouri players that, that we spent five months getting to know. But I think that's just kind of what college basketball is now. I think it's actually good for the game. It, in I, I don't love the transfer portal in general, but in terms of for the tournament itself and the unpredictability of the tournament, I don't think this is any fluke that we've seen 15 seeds have such great success over the last few years. I, what are your thoughts in expanding the tournament overall? There's talk now. I think there's a, there's a proposal in front of the NCAA to get it up to about 90 teams. Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that, Tito? Yeah, no, I'm not, not a fan, not a fan. I, I didn't necessarily think that they should expand to 68 or wherever they're at right now. Um, having those, having the four, having the playing games for Tuesday and Wednesday, um, and extend the tournament to technically to that, to that Tuesday. Um, I, I still think, and I, I, I tell them my tournament, you know, I told that breakdown that, um, the tournament actually started yesterday. I don't really classify what happened on Tuesday and Wednesday as actually tournament games. I know it's technically is, but what a wolf that is. But no, I'm not a big fan of extending it anymore. I think 32 automatic qualifiers and 32, um, you know, I, or whatever it is um, being selected. I think that's the right play. I don't want to see any more expansion having it on a Thursday and Friday. That first couple of days of the tournament are absolutely electric. Don't mess with what's been, been successful and what's making the NCAA tons of, of money. But m maybe instead of doing the city and the power five and doing those things, maybe you, you kind of eliminate that and you look at, you know, the Mountain West Conference. They've been terrible in the tournament. So why should they always consistently have four or five schools represent? Maybe look at different avenues of how to select teams and how to, you know, rank them versus the power five and the mid-majors. Um, but I, I, I don't want to see any more expansion. I, I tell you who would want expansion is Travis Ford, baby, of St. Louis University. Oh, what a, <laughs> get the F out of here, Travis Ford. What a wolf of a coach. Yeah, he would totally want that. That team shouldn't even be in the A-10. 
there is a league that is a complete laughing stock and Sue shouldn't even be there. If they were in a legitimate league like the Big East, like they should be, Travis Ford would have been out of a job three or four years ago. Total underachiever. Don't get me started on that. That sleazeball of a coach. <laughs> well, just a few takeaways from uh, yesterday's games. I'd say the main headline for me, obviously, other than Missouri and Princeton, I think Houston is on upset alert tomorrow when they take on Auburn. That's just that atmosphere in Birmingham. I don't know if the committee just like forgot that Auburn is in Alabama. Kelvin Sampson was pissed. I don't know if you saw any of his interviews. He's, his team's all beat up. Sasser, his, I don't know why they played Sasser yesterday. His groin's about ready to fall off of his body. Uh, they have another key player that's got a knee injury, I believe. Auburn just shot the lights out against Iowa. You can just uh, – Auburn just in general, like in the regular season, is one of the best home teams in the country. That that crowd is bananas. And that transferred over to Birmingham yesterday. I just uh, – I think Houston is walking into a buzzsaw tomorrow. They're my – they were my pick to win it all. And not just me – not necessarily I thought like, ooh, this is the best team that's going to win it all. But I knew like in a pool – uh, bracket pool setting of the one seeds they're probably gonna be the one that the least amount of people picked so i you know figured just kind of playing a little bit of game theory but man uh, that was a disaster yesterday northern kentucky was with them almost the whole game you got the injury concerns you got bruce pearl that knows how to win in the tournament i think these cougars are an upset alert baby what do you think yeah absolutely that's i i have used i, I have houston being upset by Auburn in wow. this next round. I mean, I, I called that 100%. Bruce Pearl playing in Birmingham. You're absolutely right. I don't know. The committee was asleep at the switch with how they – where they put these games. But don't feel – folks, don't feel sorry for Kelvin Sampson. This guy is a complete sleazebag. He's destroyed multiple programs. You know, he first destroyed Oklahoma. Now he's destroyed Indiana. Before he's done, Houston's going to be getting the death penalty on basketball again. I mean, this guy's a complete sleazeball. I see that he also has Hollis Price, and a former Oklahoma guard who is a who is a out, an outstanding three-point shooter. He's on his he's on his team or he's on his staff. That guy's a complete complete bum, complete fraud. And don't feel sorry for Kelvin Sampson one bit. And so tomorrow, tomorrow, Auburn, Houston, mark it down. Auburn's the play. I don't know. They're probably getting points even. And if they are getting points, that's a three-star lock of all locks. Ship the roll on Auburn tomorrow. Bruce Pearl, another sleazeball, another guy that ruins program after program that he's been with. And so Auburn's going to be in the same light in a couple of years. This game will be eliminated because of all the NCAA violations that both of these guys have done over the last several years. And it's going to be vacated. So the, the Midwest region probably won't even have um, – Probably won't even have like a winner of the region. It'll be vacated, and it's a complete embarrassment that these two coaches. I can go on and on, rant on and on about these two guys, complete sleaze guys, and get the hell out of here with this. I spent too much time talking about them. Woof. So Auburn is plus five and a half tomorrow against Houston. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a that, uh, ship the roll. Take take the college fund. Take anything. <laughs> Refinance your house. Take the money that you get from refinancing and put it all on Auburn, baby. Plus five and a half, absolutely. That's it's plus five and a half, and they're plus two ten on the money line. Boy, man, I the spread in particular, Jesus. I, I'm going to make that a one star play right now. I 
You, do, you, do you want to do an official play on that or no? Sure. If it's five and a half, I wasn't going to plan on making any plays today. But if it's five and a half, I mean, if it was one and a half, if I was getting any sort of points, take Auburn, give me the five and a half. That's a three-star play for Tito. I mean, if I had millions upon millions of dollars, I would be shipping. I would be going to Vegas right now and putting it all on Auburn tomorrow. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I think they're, I think Houston's in big trouble tomorrow. Kansas has a tricky matchup against Arkansas. Arkansas is a team that dicked around in the middle of the season. They've been in the Elite Eight each of the last two years. This is a team who deservedly got an eight seed with their performance on the court, with their one-loss one record and all that. But they have the talent and the moxie of probably a four or a five seed. I'm not saying Arkansas is going to win the game, but I'm sure Kansas is like, really? This is the 8-9 team that we have to play? So, Any thoughts on the Kansas-Arkansas game tomorrow? Yeah, no, don't don't buy too much into that. Illinois is a complete dumpster fire of a team this year. They they have been totally inconsistent throughout. I I was I was somewhat surprised that they made the tournament. I think that was a great seeding for both Arkansas and Illinois. Um, don't fall in love with Arkansas. They beat a depleted Illinois team by ten. Brad Underwood. This was kind of a rebuilding year for Illinois. And so he's going to be on the hot seat probably in the next several years in Illinois, unless he makes a deep tournament run. Don't be all enamored with Eric Musselman and that win yesterday. Kansas is on fire. They have everything, everything firing all cylinders. I mean, they beat Howard by what? What it looks like it was 28 points. Um, no bill self. They're playing for their coach. Um, they want to go back to back. They want to, they want to make a statement. This is a, I think this game isn't even close. And we're going to take Kansas again. Let's play guess the spread. What do you think the spread is of that game tomorrow between Kansas and Arkansas? Oh, man. I would pop maybe uh, maybe six and a half. I was going to guess about that. It's three and a half. Oh, wow. Three and a half for Kansas. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Arkansas does have some – they got some studs. They got some NBA prospects that – um, they kind of, they, like you said before, they dicked around in the middle of conference play. Um, but again, you know, Eric Musselman is the, he, not a, not a really good tournament coach. And I think Kansas is really trying to, you know, impose their will and really demonstrate why they're one of the superior teams. Um, I know they didn't win the conference tournament, but I mean, Bill Self, if he's not there on the sidelines tomorrow, I think the team is still going to, is still going to fight hard for him. And Grady Dick seems to be getting all of his shooting things out of, out of the way now, and so I don't think I I still don't have any any doubts that they cover that uh, that three and a half spread. Any other takeaways from yesterday or today so far, Tito? It it's looking to me like the Big East uh, survived this morning with Xavier. God, it looked like they were going down mm -hmm. to State. Marquette currently handling Vermont pretty well. Uh, Creighton and NC State underway. I know the Big East is kind of one of my pet conferences. Uh, any, anything else kind of stand out to you? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Dookie, this team, they might win it all. They, I, this is a team that probably will beat Purdue. Um, I have Purdue and Duke in the, uh, in the, in the Elite Eight. Um, right? Yeah I, yeah. I have them in the Sweet 16. I apologize. Yes. Um, and so – Duke, I don't know. Again, there, there's another question. What the hell was the committee doing having them as a five seed? Um, they absolutely just crushed Oral Roberts, Oral Bob. 
Again, total fraud of a team that is now. Woof. But no, Dukey, I am completely all in on Duke. I wish I would have I changed my prediction. I think Duke might win it all. Um, they are firing on all cylinders. They got the length. They've got really good guard play with Jeremy Roach. And I mean, there's not enough good things to say about John Shire and his performance over the over the back back half of this uh, of this college you know college basketball season. So I'm thinking Duke is going to make a deep run. I'm not worried about again. I'm not worried t- about Tennessee at all. I think Duke wins. I think they may make it to the Final Four. How about that? Well, looking at the top of the South region, Missouri's region, you got Alabama taking on Maryland and San Diego State against Furman. Is there any way Alabama does not make it to the Elite Eight? Because I I legitimately think there's a decent chance that Missouri makes it to the Elite Eight. Is there any way Maryland has a shot at Bama? No. State fraud, Furman, nice story, but are they really going to beat Bama? I, I don't know. No, they won't beat Bama. I can I can definitely see Fulman uh, being San Diego State. I can see that upset all day long. No, no way no way Maryland can hold hold against Alabama. I mean, Brandon Miller didn't score one basket yesterday, and they still blew out Texas A and M Corpus Christi by what twenty six or twenty one points. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, he's going to be back. He's going to be fine on Saturday, and um, that team's got a lot to prove. I mean, that's what I said in my my bracket breakdown. You know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this team. But, again, this team has got this this all-star of a player in Brandon Miller. They've got really good guard play. They can do it all. Um, and so I I don't see – I don't see anybody surviving Alabama, especially on this on this side of the bracket and in that region. Um, I, I – man, I, I, I hope they get upset. I want to see this – I want to see this this region turn upside down tomorrow, um, but I want to see Mizzou pull it off, and I want to see how they could perform against maybe Bewa um, or somebody else because I'm really liking Mizzou's chances making it to the to the Sweet 16 at least. Yeah, Sweet 16 for sure. Definitely a favorite to do that in Elite Eight. Like like Baylor, you look at the final score today. It says Baylor 74, UC Santa Barbara 56. Yeah. Yes, it's an 18 point final. That game was tight. It was tight for probably 30-ish minutes. Yeah, Baylor does not – this is not the Baylor team of two years ago that won the national championship. I was looking on Ken Palm this morning, and Ken Palm is like, you know, Ken Palm hates Missouri. So Missouri is like shitting on Ken Palm all year with their – I saw a great uh, a meme of that yesterday with like Dennis Gates like holding a trash bag with Ken Palm on it, like putting it in a trash can. Uh, <laughs> that was great. Um, but I saw Baylor defensively. They're the second uh, best offensive team in the country, but their defense is only ranked 96th in Ken Palm. So if Mizzou ends up playing Baylor in the Sweet 16, yes, Baylor can score a ton, but so can Missouri. And Baylor's not that great defensively. I think that that could be a really fun game that would not scare me. Like this, like I said, that's not the Baylor team that like, oh God, there's no way. Creighton is a very dangerous team. Right. Like I said, they're one, they fit that formula there. Top 30 offensive team and a top 30 defensive team. And that, it, historically, you need to be that in order to, to be a national championship winning team. Creighton, I have them in my Elite Eight in my bracket. I think yeah. they could be a problem. But again, not super scary. They're a six seed. You know, I I, I think my, my, my view of them, even though their defensive metrics are good, I think they like to play fast. I think Missouri loves a fast game. And then if, you know, God, it, it, imagine getting to the Elite Eight and getting another crack at Alabama – 
And yes, the odds of that happening of, of Mizzou taking them down are, are small, but in the SEC semifinals, it was a six point game with right. just over four minutes to go. And I didn't think Mizzou played that great. They played well. Alabama did not play very well. Um, they, they certainly turned it on, you know, towards towards the yeah. end of the game. Brandon Miller just turned into a Kevin Grant type guy. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Tito, we were sitting on this show a few yeah. weeks ago talking about our sports bucket list, things we want to see happen in our lives. And my number, literally, my number one thing is Missouri to go to the Final Four once in my life. I'm not saying it's likely, but I see a path. I yeah. think there's a chance it happens. Well, I mean, you look at what you look at the past two, the, the two performances they had against Alabama. I know they played they played them twice. The first time Kobe Brown didn't play, and they got blown off the court. And they played in the SEC tournament, and Kobe Brown got hit in the back of the head at the yeah, end yeah. of the first half. He didn't he didn't really perform very well. I mean, this is this is his coming out party. Like legitimately, if he wants to be a, a, a NBA draft prospect or a pick. He's going to have to perform. Yesterday, he took over that game just like we wanted him to. He's going to have to have that same type of performance tomorrow. And then if they could somehow make it to the Elite Eight and play Brandon Miller in Alabama, I mean, anything is possible. And, again, that's the thing that Dennis Cates has for, with us. He's got us believing. He's got this team believing. And you've got to imagine, if, he, if there's a scenario where they're going to play Alabama, he's going to use that to his advantage. He's going to talk to these players. He's going to have them in the right direction, in the right mindset, and he's going to be able to use all the little, you know, all the little bells and whistles that he can use as a coach and have this team ready to go. And so, man, if they could somehow, you know, be in this Sweet 16 and pull off an upset against Bayla or Creighton, look out because that would be bananas, absolutely bananas for a chance to go to Houston to cut down the nets. I mean, like, absolutely yeah. nuts. I literally just got, had, it, had an image of that in my brain of them cutting down the nets. And like, I just got goosebumps all over my body. I literally just had like a shiver. Oh my God. And uh, there's no way in my mind that this team is going to look past Princeton tomorrow. If, if Mizzou gets beat, it's because Princeton played great and we'd had an off day and we got beat. Right. I don't think there's any way that Missouri is, Gates is going to let Missouri look past these guys. And I love that like, We've known all year that Dennis Gates is such a gangster with like this stoic demeanor and that he's always just so calm and cool and collected. He's like a flat line, like the guy's like a killer. And now it's becoming like a thing where I feel like the country's starting to take notice. Even in the post-game interview yesterday, I think that the sideline reporter is, what can we do to make you smile? And so he didn't smile. He's like, if my guys are happy, I'm happy. It's just like, this is, they're, they're becoming a story. And this isn't yeah. just like, Kobe Brown's coming out party. This is Missouri's coming out party. Not coming, they're coming back party. Right. It's right. us growing up. Mizzou basketball, like that was it for the Cardinals were not good until right. 1996. They really weren't that relevant for us. Right. For, for the first big part of our childhood. The Blues were always good. They were always in the mix. Right. But never get over the hump. But Mizzou with Norm Stewart and Melvin Booker and Anthony Peeler and Doug Smith. And all these guys, like, it was so yeah. fun to watch every single year. We had some, you know, good moments within the Quinn days and Mike Anderson and Frank Haith had some good moments. But really for the last decade, ever since the Norfolk State thing, it hasn't been much. They've made a few tournaments here and there, yeah. obviously have not won a game as we cited. 
but this is like I've been wanting this for so yeah. long just to come back to relevancy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And they're relevant. I mean, the fact that he made the tournament his first year is that's that's outstanding in itself. I mean, that's probably what were they projected to finish? They were projected to finish, I think, eleventh yeah. in the SEC. And so the fact that they were they were just a foregone conclusion early on that they were a tournament team. This and and again, his aura, his personality doesn't get high, doesn't get low. He's he's literally sitting on the sidelines with his hands in his freaking pockets the yes. entire time. He's not like waving up and down. His hands are in his flipping pockets, and he's just like, yep. Um, you know, being interviewed in a sideline reporter mid game. Oh, what are you going to do about the fouls? Oh, I'll have to look at the tape and see if they're actually fouls. What kind of answer is that from a guy that doesn't get too high? Doesn't get it? It wasn't like he was like just totally ripping the officials a new one. He was like, oh, I'll look at the tape. I'll see if they're actually fouls. And they just moved on. It wasn't a big deal. And it was just like, yeah, prototypical Dennis Gates. And again, the suit, everything about him. I mean, you know, what I was what I was bashing him a few months ago. I don't care. This guy has got me believing I'm on the Dennis King train. This guy is legit. And again, it's what you said before. It's a totally different feeling with Mizzou, similar to what it was with the Blues in 2019. And so, man, it's it's scary to think about, but it's also like, again, just watching the team play over and over again, they've got what it takes to make a deep run. And make it to the Elite Eight. Hell, make it to the Sweet 16. What a successful season. What delays such a groundwork to make it an even better program in the years to come. I'm looking forward to watching Gates for a long time, baby. And why not us, right? Like, right. you remember South Carolina has made, like, one tournament in, like, our lifetime. And it was when Frank Martin was the head coach. And they were a seven seed. And they beat the Dukies on their way to the Final Four. I mean, South Carolina made a Final Four. This was just a few years ago. Why not Missouri, especially with this draw? I, I really think it can happen. And now watch them get their ass kicked tomorrow by Princeton. I don't know. But either way, Tito, we have a sports-watching extravaganza tomorrow wow. night. We got a 5, 10 p.m. Central tip between Missouri and Princeton. Then 6 p.m. at the Dome. Tito, your St. Louis Battlehawks have a showdown for first place with the D.C. Defenders. That's going to go on the secondary TV uh, so we'll be watching the Missouri game on the main TV. And then once Missouri's on to the Sweet 16, we'll be flipping on the Apple TV app. Because 7.30 tomorrow night down at City Park, your first place St. Louis City Soccer Club looks to go 4-0 and on the season as they take on San Jose. Tito, it is going to be an absolute extravaganza tomorrow night. Absolutely. I mean, and there's another team. There's another coach in Bradley Cornell that just has his team totally believing. Why not us? I was fortunate enough with, with where I work to be able to, to meet Bradley Carnell, to meet Lutz Bannon-Steel, to meet the goalkeeper Berkey, and actually have a Q&A with them. And again, talking about the process, talking about how no one's given them any sort of respect. The first team since the Seattle Sounders to go 3-0 and as an expansion team. I mean, this team... They, that's what they're saying. That was the whole premise of the of the meeting greet that we that I was a part of a couple of days ago was how how they felt disrespected, how they were pissed off that the so-called experts were fit, making them thinking that they were going to either finish dead last or second to last. And Bradley Carnell, why not us? And the fact that he's got this team 
playing a unique style of, of, of soccer or football and the fact that they have they've, they've spent time and energy they spent they've done it methodically and very very carefully this team is going to make the MLS playoffs and they're going to shock some people with how deep they go because Bradley Carnell is this is again is this type of coach that he's got his teams believing he's just like Dennis Gates and so man what a great start the fact that St. Louis is represented, the fact that they're all in on the on the city or the so on the dogs like we like to call it. I mean, these guys have this team and have this city buzzing. I can't wait. Don't worry about the damn Battle Hawks, big wolf. That thing's gonna fold probably after this year. The attendance figures in other cities is completely abysmal. Only St. Louis is carrying its weight, and so I don't I don't really see the XFL lasting very long. But yeah, I guess it's a good story locally, but but re- but regionally or nationally, it's a big wolf of a league. Speaking of wolf, the Atlantic Ten has been knocked out of the NCAA tournament as we sit here. St. Mary's defeats VCU, sixty-three to fifty-one. The Atlantic Ten is a dumpster fire, Tito. I mean, and, and there it goes again. St. Mary's West Coast Conference rivals to Gonzaga. Those are two teams. They're not mid-majors anymore. St. Mary's has has done it the right way. They followed that Gonzaga model. That's a team that can that that is very very dangerous. I know there was a lot of people thinking that BCU is this you know is this oh they're the A10 winner. A10 is a complete dumpster fire of a conference. And so the fact that they only get one team in consistently over year after year in the tournament, don't worry about that. St. Mary's is poised to make a deep run. I think I got them going to the Sweet 16 if I'm not. No. Yeah, I got them playing Iona. I got them playing Ricky Patino. And so St. Mary's is a very, very dangerous team. They're going to run into Kansas in the Sweet 16, and they'll probably get beat by Kansas. But, man, VCU and A-10, get the hell out of here. Slew, go back home to the Missouri Valley. Speaking of Missouri Valley, Tito, you're natural at this segue. So the 5-12 – uh, matchup is is historically the, the 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 one people look for upsets. All oh, the twelve always beats the five. You're gonna have at least one. Right. So far, we have had three five seeds advance: San Diego State, the Dukies, and now St. Mary's have all been winners. There's one five seed that is still to play their game, and that is the Miami Hurricanes. And they will be taking on a certain number twelve seed from the Missouri Valley Conference uh, later on this evening with a certain cute as a button player <laughs> by the name of Derek Sturtz, who is the all-time leading rebounder for your Drake Bulldogs. Drake is winning this game tonight, Tito. Book it. Miami is going down. Yeah, Jimmy Laranega doesn't know what's going to hit him. Derek Sturtz is going to be is probably going to be on the boards all night. He's going to have about 35 rebounds tonight. And so Derek Sturtz and Drake, they just know how to get it done. One thing that does have me a little bit worried about this matchup is the fact that I think you said there's a lot of money on Drake. And so when the money's with a certain team and the Sharps are with a certain team, weird things tend to happen. And so um, I'm confident that Drake, I got Drake beating Jerry, Jerry, uh, Jimmy Laranhaga, but, uh, but it's got me a little nervous. But again, we're all in on Derek Sturge. We're all in on the Bulldogs. And let's see it happen. Let's see Cinderella um, with the Drake Bulldogs. Let's see them advance to the round of 32 tonight, Daddy. Well, I got some updated numbers for the, the sharp versus square action for that this game, and I, I actually like the way this is looking. So okay. it is evened out now. 
Drake is still getting 55% of the bets. So of the tickets. So 55% of the tickets, people are wanting Drake. But 72% of the money is on Drake. So what that means is the public is, is kind of on Drake, you know, a little bit on Drake, but that means the Sharps are on Drake as well. If they're getting 55% of the tickets, but 72% of the money, that means the pros and the Joes like Drake in this one, Miami, ACC, good conference this year. I don't know. I don't know. The, the Valley tends to perform well against the spread in this tournament. I mean, the, Drake is just, I believe, a two-point dog, I think. Uh, two and a half, the, the latest number I see. Okay. Going to be tough. I think this is their time. I, I, I think Sturzy does not want his college career to end, Tito. I mean, I think you're right. You make the right call there with the, the Missouri Valley. They're a tournament-style team. They always represent very well in the tournament. And so, you know, Miami's toe up and down, right? I mean, they can have – they can shoot lights out. Um, I don't be totally candid. I don't know anything about Miami. I don't know how good they are offensively or defensively. Seems like a team that usually has some really good athleticism. And Jerry, Jimmy Laranega knows how to coach. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm all in on Drake. The fact that we haven't had a 12 seed take down a five seed, it's going to have to happen. Let's see it happen tonight with Derek Sturzies and the Drake Bulldogs, baby. Well, we'll get into a little bit of picks here. Uh, I know we already have, each of us have one pick in already with Auburn tomorrow, plus five and a half against that sleazebag Kelvin Sampson in Houston. He's getting what's coming to him. And by the way, Tito, we talk about uh, Missouri and never being to a Final Four. If I'm not mistaken, in 2002, I know it was Oklahoma, but Kelvin Sampson was the head coach of that team. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, for Oklahoma, he was. I think Hollis Price was their best player. Yeah, that's right. Jesus, this team's going down. This team's going down tomorrow, Tito. Two star play. I'm upgrading to two star play for Auburn plus five and a half tomorrow. Yeah, he was he was the best player for uh, that. That was a year that I'll never forget. We Mizzou played Oklahoma at the Hearn Center. Me, me, and me and Sean went down there. We went down there, got tickets late, uh, in scout from the scalpers down at Hearn Center, and we saw Mizzou upset. Oklahoma that year and we rushed the court. We held Hollow's price to I think it was like it was like less than 10 points. He had an absolutely terrible shooting night and we absolutely demolished Oklahoma. Um so yeah, it's a complete, you know, again, that I, the, the fact that their best player has that groin injury that he re-aggravated to your point earlier, I don't know why he was playing. Auburn's got everything flowing in the right direction. Playing in Birmingham, man. I would I would be really hard pressed not to see um, the Tigers pull that off against Houston. But I looking at the looking at the brackets tonight and looking at some matchups tonight. You got Grand Canyon and Gonzaga. You got TCU and Arizona State. Big Bobby Hurley fan. I'm looking to see Arizona State maybe shock a little bit people, make the upset against Jamie Dixon and the Horn Frogs. But I got a Tito special. A lot of people thinking UConn has got the right play to make it to the final four. I'm thinking they're going to get upset tonight. Ricky Patino going to shoot lights out from three and then, and, and then right off into the sunset and move on to St. Joseph's or to another high-profile job that he probably doesn't rightfully deserve.
<laughs> Sounds about right. Are you making that an official play, or you just is that a lean you're giving out? No, yeah, let's make that an official play. There's a. I, I apologize. I told you I wasn't going to make any plays, but here we are talking about gambling, talking about lines and spreads. Let's go with I, Iona money line. No, uh, no, no points. Money wow. line Iona is going to take down UConn, baby. All right, you can get Iona money line plus three seventy. Oh wow! Okay, absolutely. Let's make that a. We're going to make this. Let's do a Tito special, baby. Three star play for Iona and Ricky Patino, baby. Rigatoni special. Oh, you gotta love it. Here's Ricky B. Here's Iona. Let's go, baby. Let's talk the Huskies tonight, Daddy. Jimmy Calhoun. Jimmy Calhoun's gonna be watching this game, having nightmares of Ricky Patino. Oh, my God. I actually could see this happening. I'm one of those squares that has UConn in the Final Four because Ken Palm loves UConn. Great offensively, great defensively. It does kind of have that feel, though, because it it does seem like Ricky Patino is going to end up going somewhere else next year and having a big job. But you don't want to have that happen after you flame out in the first round of the tournament. He wants a moment. He wants a moment against one of his, you know, uh, schools steeped in tradition in UConn. Boy, I could see it, Tito. And if you nail this play, you profit $1,110, baby. Or 11. We're doing units now. It'd be over 11 units that you would profit off this. Love it. Absolutely great. So, yeah, I mean, there are good matchups tonight, though. I mean, I'm looking forward to the late game with Montana State uh, against Kansas State. There's a lot of really good matchups. I was, you know, we were talking earlier, not really seeing any, any really crazy things happen this morning. And there was a, there was, there was some, some, a little bit of, Hey, is this going to happen? Is University of California, Santa Barbara going to pull it off? There was a little bit of that, but I haven't seen any craziness. I want to see some buzzer beaters. I want to see something later on tonight that's going to be an all-time classic moment that we can discuss tomorrow in person. Yeah, I know one other game uh, that's going on right now as we're recording this, Pittsburgh against Iowa State. Tito, I remember you saying uh, probably at least a month ago or so that Iowa State, complete fraud of a team, right? They're currently down, they're down 26 to 19 against Pitt late in the first half. Tito, your thoughts on the Cyclones? I mean, again, Cyclones complete fraud. I saw some research today. The Coach K coaching carousel, the, the coaching tree is, is, is alive and well, Daddy. You got Pittsburgh, Jeff Papel, you got John Shire. I mean, these guys know exactly how to play. Know exactly, or I'm not sure, maybe Pittsburgh. Where does, uh, where does Collins coach for? Um, Zach Collins, he's a former Dukey. He's coaching one of these teams as he's well. Northwestern, Northwestern. He's Northwestern, Daddy. This is I mean, Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel's the Pittsburgh coach. Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel. Yeah, he's a Dukey. And so, again, having a former Dukey coach Pittsburgh and have this team be resurrected at 11 seed, probably not not deserving to be 11 seed. Probably should be a, a little bit better seed. But Iowa State, complete fraud. They're going down by double digits. Mark it down right now. If there was a if there was a half if there if there was a halftime play where you could take money line Pittsburgh take Pittsburgh at halftime to close this out and win by double digits because that Iowa State team they don't have what it takes to win in the tournament. So I'm not off to a great start today. I'm, I'm one and three in the in the first batch of games against the spread. However, uh, still obviously up overall for the year, which I'll get into here in just a second, but. One of my bets today, Tito, was Pittsburgh on the money line. Not against its own spread, on the money line. And my reasoning for that was I found a stat. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, won 
their game on, I believe, Wednesday night in the first four. A first four team has advanced to the round of 32 in 10 of the last 11 years. Wow. Either Pittsburgh or Arizona State is winning tonight. If, if Pittsburgh uh, blows this lead and loses this game, I'm going to be back on Arizona State in the money line tonight because in 11 years of the first four, a team has advanced to the round of 32 uh, in 10 of those 11 years after winning a first four game. So I, as soon as I saw that Iowa State was going to play one of the playing teams, I said, I don't care who they're playing. I'm betting Iowa State's opponent on the money line. And we're off to a good start so far today. So heading into 2023, or heading into today for 2023, uh, I had an overall record of 208 wins and 176 losses. That's a 54% win rate, Tito. A lot of action, 54% win rate, and a profit of over 16 units for the year. It's right where I want to be, baby. We're going to be yeah. profitable all year. I got this bankroll up. I'm never going back in the negative. For uh, my picks for the rest of today, uh, follow me on Twitter. At Gambling Dads. I'm giving them out a little bit before each game for this round because my strategy for this round here in the first round has been just fade the public. So I let the market play itself out. And then usually about 15 minutes or so before each game, I give out my play. So for the rest of my plays for today, um, you know, follow me on Twitter at Gambling Dads. I've already given out this two star play for tomorrow. Tito and I are going to be cheering on that sleaze bag, uh, Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers, plus five and a half against the other sleaze bag. Uh, Kelvin Sampson. I am going to give out one play for tomorrow right now, and I'm just going to do a half star on this one. Tito, I like to bet every game in the tournament, so I'm not going crazy. I'm betting half stars on all these games, okay? And I'm looking at this game between Tennessee and the Dukies, and I I know you're, you're I'm almost certain you're going to come over the top of me in this one. The public, including Tito, loves the Dukies. They're on fire. They won the ACC tournament. They beat Oral Bob by 23 yesterday. But here's a stat that I love. For teams that win their round of 64 game by more than 20 points, like the Dukies did yesterday, they beat Oral Bob by 23. They cover just 42% of the time in their next game. Tennessee, not impressive last night. They only scored 58 points. They had to hang on to beat Louisiana. As I sit here right now, Tito, 91% of the bets for this game are on oh, yeah. Duke. And I know there's a ton of time until the game tomorrow where the market will take shape. But if it's 91% already on Duke, you know it's going to be the public on Duke overall. You know what that means. Give me Tennessee. Give me sure. Ricky Barnes. Give me the Volunteers. They're the higher seed. The Volunteers are the home team tomorrow. But it's plus three and a half. Give me Tennessee. Do you want a piece of me on that one, Tito? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't want any sort of that. Um, you know, Duke. Again, when I talk about who I like him to win and stuff, it's money line plays, Daddy. When you bring in points and spreads like that, you know what the public is doing. They're betting with their heart. They're betting with what they see here. The fact of the matter is, it might be a one-point game. These teams are evenly matched. Maybe Duke has an off-shooting night. Maybe they kind of shoot, shot lights out yesterday. Who knows? But the fact is, Duke has got the, John Shire has got the Dukies playing at a, at, a, at a high level, and maybe they don't win by 15 or 10 points. Maybe they win by a point or two, but they're gonna win. That's where you want to keep the money line play at. Don't worry about the spreads. Worry about money line. Duke's gonna win money line. I'm not gonna come over to the top. I'm not gonna give points um, and see Duke win, but then lose a bet. So no, I'm gonna stay away from that bet itself. 
All right, here's my dream Final Four, Tito, as we're, wow. as we're talking, because you, you're going to be leveraged emotionally with the Dukies and with Missouri. Excuse me, we could have a Final Four of Missouri out of the South, Duke right. out, of the east, out of the East, Drake out of the Midwest, <laughs> and Kansas out of the West. I mean, Can you imagine? No, I couldn't imagine something like that, and that's definitely not going to happen. So don't go out. <laughs> and put a money line play or put, put some sort of parlay together thinking that that's going to be the final four play. That's definitely not going to be the final four play. I'm thinking out of all those, you're going to see maybe one one hit, and that's Duke. Um, again, having having Kansas go to another final four without Bill Self and yeah, going to back-to-back, that's going to be really, really tough. And so um, I'm confident, and I'm a big old fan. I'm going to be cheering on the underdog. I'm going to be cheering on the Dukies and the Tigers of Missouri. But um, let's stay away from that Final Four prediction for right now. Let's let things hash out. Let's let the let's let the tournament progress. Let's see what kind of craziness we see tonight. Let's see what kind of craziness we see Saturday and Sunday. And then we can kind of measure it out from there. But, man, this tournament has got me all fired up. The fact that we've been doing this show since January, the fact that we've been betting a lot on college basketball, and seeing these plays hit and having some success with my bracket yesterday, I'm all fired up. I can't wait to watch some more basketball later today and even tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to joining you tomorrow at, at your place to watch some soccer, watch some XFL, and to see Missouri go to the Sweet 16, Daddy. God, I just love it. Yeah, Tito, you've been on point, man, with your picks. You're seeing the board well. You're doing well in the bracket challenge. Uh, for the year, you're still you're 36 and 32 overall for our show picks. You're still plus 21.7 units. So I'm up over 16 units. You're up over 21 units. We're going to keep riding this out as long as we can, baby. The picks are in for today on the show. Uh, that's all I, all I got. Tito, you got anything else to add before we wrap it up? It was a lot of fun, Eric. A lot of fun to catch up. We haven't done this since Arch Madness, baby. We've been doing our own videos, which I absolutely love doing. Um, but man, what a great time to catch up. What a great time to kind of break down the brackets to talk about the first day of the tournament. And I can't wait to see you tomorrow. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And folks, you know, if you're watching this video, subscribe, hit that alert button. When I go live, when Eric posts a video, please watch, please comment, let us know what you think. And we're looking forward to, to watching some more college basketball over the next three weeks. And, uh, it was great catching up with you, Eric, for sure. Had a lot of fun, baby. Well, let's everyone enjoy the tournament here as uh, we enjoy our St. Patrick's Day. I think I'm going to have a little Mick Ultra Tito, put a little green food coloring in that, give myself a little green beer here. Uh, so looking forward to starting out the weekend, watching a lot, a lot, a lot of college basketball. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Gambling Dads. You will get every single one of my plays as we look to continue profiting here, profiting here, in 2023 for tito i'm eric this has been domesticated gamblers thanks for being with us guys we will see you soon and let's cash